0: One of the coolest things about this show is that it's supported by listeners. People who listen and who love it help pay for it. Today, I want to thank Eula, Jill, Zoe, and Teresa for being those people. We really appreciate you keeping this show on track and helping us pay the bills. And not only that, helping us feel like our work on this show is valued. A quick reminder that we want to do a show about sounds you love, everyday, ordinary sounds that you hear in your life that somehow evoke a feeling. Record a sound and send it to us. It's easy. Just get out your voice memo app, record the sound, maybe also record your voice explaining what the sound is and why it's meaningful to you, and then email it to us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. We really want to include your voices, your sounds in this episode. So listen to the world around you, take a quick recording, and send it in. If you need any help, just drop us a line. You can contact us through that email address or through the bittersweetlife.net, where you'll also find ways to support the show. And thanks. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell.
1: I'm Tiffany Parks.
0: And today we're going to talk about contronyms. Now, that's not just what we're going to talk about. But first off, what is a contronym?
1: That's the real question. Well, you just told me what it is. And I mean, I probably (laughs) could have figured it out based on the, just the etymology of the word. Um, But a contronym is a word that means opposite things. Yes. Almost opposite, opposing things.
0: Yes. Single words that have two contradictory meanings. They are their own opposite. According to this, they're quite rare. My sister sent me this list just sort of saying, how does anybody ever learn English as a second language when she was reading Mm -hmm. these examples? Let me give you some examples because it will help you start to think about what it is. Okay. 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 So, for instance, let's take the word bound. Bound could mean you're heading for a destination, or it could mean that you're restrained from movement.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so true. That is so true. I'm bound for, I'm bound for New York. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, that's so interesting.
0: Here's another one. Dust. To add fine particles
1: or to remove them. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, we're cruel. Whoever invented the English language is cruel. I know. Okay, here's another one. Left.
0: It could be either remained or departed.
1: <laughs> I I was left. Yeah, I was left behind. Yeah, it's the only piece left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is. So, you know, it's weird that I've never even thought about this. I know. Like what, these these thoughts have This has never even occurred
0: to me. Here's one we've thought a lot about during the war with Ukraine. Sanction. It can either mean to approve, or it can mean to boycott.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Whether to withstand or to wear away.
1: Okay, now now my mind is getting blown because the, you said they were rare, but actually I feel like there, there's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of words that you know mean <laughs> opposite things. Okay. Do you want me to keep going? I have a couple more. Well, a couple
0: more. Okay, a couple more. Bolt. Bolt could mean to secure or it could mean to flee and kind of in that same mm-hmm. space cleave could mean to adhere or to separate
1: yes because when you you know that famous you know cleave to your wife leave your mother and father and cleave to your wife right or i could just cleave. chop it also, it's into like, it's like a, it's like a, yeah whacking something into pieces Yeah, literally cleave. a cleaver like with yeah. a cleaver mm-hmm. yes you know That's interesting. When you were talking about this, I did think of an example of one of these, but I don't know if it's, if it's a true example, Mm -hmm. because it might just be people misusing the word. And that word is literally. Yes. Because the true meaning of literally is that it's literal that you say, you know, I I met a guy and he's literally 10 feet tall, you know, that means he actually has to be 10 feet tall. He can't just be like seven foot six. He's 10 feet tall, literally but people don't use it like that. The majority of people who use it, and even I trip up and and use it incorrectly sometimes too. My mind was literally blown. Right. Well, no, (laughs) actually it wasn't, thank (laughs) God. Um, So it means literally, because you can use it correctly, or you can, it can mean figuratively, which is really the opposite of literally. And someone informed me that it's the use of literally incorrectly has become so widespread that it, they finally like whoever decides these things, like the people who update the dictionary, they finally caved and we're like, okay, literally can mean figuratively. Okay, fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost used more that way now than Mm -hmm. it's funny because before that became commonplace to use literally as figuratively, I don't remember people saying literally a lot. Just wasn't a common I, I feel thing. like
1: people have always said it. I feel like since I've been around, I feel like that word has been used literally all the time. <laughs> like it's literally every other word.
0: <laughs> and sometimes I edit it out when you say it. <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. Touche. Ah, Touche. <laughs> yes, I do. But I was saying we could talk about this in a larger sense because there's that question of how hard it is to learn English as a second language. And when I read lists like this, I often think, oh, thank goodness, English was the language I grew up with because it would be so hard to be the second thing you learned. But secondly, I thought, well, I wonder what words or things when Tiffany was learning Italian really tripped her up. That popped to mind because, you know, you're so fluent now. It's easy to just imagine this is the way it always was and that you had a natural talent for it. And by age three, you were speaking fluent Italian. <laughs> but obviously that's not true. And and there must have been things that took you a long time to learn.
1: I mean, I, I the it is hard to remember, to be honest, because now I've been speaking Italian for about half my life because I I mean I did start learning it in college and I did learn it pretty rapidly for it being, you know, not my first language. Not that I'm showing off, it just it's just it came relatively easy to me, especially compared to other foreign languages that I've tried to learn. But I mean, I feel like grammar has been some of the grammatic constructions have been much more challenging than I'm just trying to think of a vocabulary word that has always been hard for me. I mean, I think probably English has more words than Italian. I think English is one of the languages, at least one of the Western languages that has the most, like just literally, I should say literally now, (laughs) it has the most words or one of the most words of any other language. But I think that grammar of romance languages and definitely Germanic languages, like German, I don't have any familiarity with any other Germanic languages. English, I guess, is a Germanic language. But uh, the grammar is so much more complex in those languages. And so for that reason, I mean, sometimes English seems really, really easy comparatively. Like, particularly the verb endings, like you don't have to conjugate verbs. You just, you know, they're just all the same. You know, I walk, you walk, you just add an S for the third person. She walks, they walk, we walk. You know, I mean, it's just the same. Whereas Mm -hmm. Italian is in French and German. My God, they're so complex. You know, we've got over here, we've got the different genders. You have to remember if something is feminine or, or masculine and in Italian, it has to agree. If you have an adjective in front of a, you know, a noun, you have to make it agree, not just with the feminine, you know, with the sex, if it's feminine or masculine, but also with the number, you know, so you've got ragazza, ragazze, let's say girls, belle ragazze,
0: mm.
1: beautiful girls. You know, you can't, it's, bet it you can be bello, it can be belly, it can be belle. There's so much that, I mean, there's, I want to say at least seven ways to say the, in Italian, at least. Mm-hmm. German has even more, Russian has even more. Just considering that... I feel like English is an easier language. And when you grow up speaking a romance language, it's easier than to learn the others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, there are things about English that are extremely challenging. And I would say the number one is spelling because mm-hmm. the spelling makes no sense. Yes. Have you ever looked at anything written in Scottish? Like, you know, it, it looks it's a, it's the same sort of thing. It's like it looks just someone just threw a bunch of letters and like it doesn't, you know, it sounds like totally different. You You're know? Like, like Welsh. See Aurelio. <laughs> yeah welsh welsh Welsh, irish scottish they're all kind of the same um not the same but they're they're the same in that aspect and i see aurelio like he's like mom how do you say this and it's like enough and i'm like how do i how do i explain to him that gh makes the f sound i've already just gotten him to understand that ph makes the f sound Mm. you know and that was hard for him to get his head around that ph would make an f sound and now i'm telling him that gh but i'm like just in like a very few circumstances and then he's looking at the word through and he's like thruff and i'm like well no wait (laughs) (laughs) in this case it doesn't make any sound you know so english can be complex in pronunciation and spelling the vowels are hard you know the vowels aren't pure
0: Mm-hmm. like they are
1: in Italian. They change depending on so many different factors. So I'm not saying like, Oh, English is so easy, but I think grammatically it's easier, but to get back to your point, like what is a word in Italian that I had a hard time with? And I'm just stalling really. Cause I'm trying to think of one <laughs> yeah.
0: very, very, uh, adept stalling though. That's pretty good. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I can't, I, I literally can't think of, I can think of grammatical things, reflexive verbs particularly well give me an example of a reflexive verb well okay i don't even know if reflexive verb is the right way to say it because it's been so long since i've actually taken like any kind of gram grammar course that sometimes i forget how you call things but okay in italian you have to um okay so if i want to say i gave it to her Mm -hmm. this took me i mean i cannot even tell you how long it took me to get this, and I still have to really concentrate on it when I say it. So if I want to say, I gave this to her, or I gave I gave it to her. So there's a lot of pronouns in there. right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay, and I hope I'm not going to make a mistake. And people listening who speak Italian, or I'm like nervous about you guys because I don't want to make a mistake. Yellow data, oh yellow dato. So you got to say li. means to her or to him. And then lo is the object. It's the thing. It's the thing that I'm giving, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be la, but I'm also putting it in the past tense. So even if it's a feminine, I have to do an apostrophe h o, which is the auxiliary verb. And then dato is the past participle. So basically, ye, ye is to her. Le apostrophe is the thing. O is like I have given it to her and dato is like given and it has to, that has to agree. Dato, data, depending on if it's a feminine thing or a masculine thing, that's just one example, but it's like, it's so sticky because my mind can't work fast enough to get it right. and it, it almost never can. It's only now that I'm just getting into the, it's becoming a habit to say it um, because that, that pronoun li it's not the same as if so there's some verbs take uh this is getting too grammatical, but some verbs take a direct object and some verbs take an indirect object, right? So a direct object, it's like I'm I see you. That's direct. T vedo. I'm not seeing at you, I'm not seeing on you or in you or of you. I'm seeing you. Whereas give, give can take both because I'm gonna give a pencil. I'm giving the pencil, but I'm giving it to you, right? So you are the indirect object, I think. <laughs> right, because the pencil so, would be the main object. The pencil would be the main object. So, so if I say, I see her, it would be la vedo. Or it's I see him, it would be lo vedo. But if it's I give him, it's not lo do. Lo do. I give to him. We would say in English, I give him. But in Italian, you know, correctly, it's actually I give to him. And so that got me. It was so challenging for me for so long to be able to think fast enough to be like, is it I verb to you, to him? Or is it I verb him? You know, Mm -hmm. so because you want to you would say lo saluto. I salute him. I say hello to him. Whereas I say him. You can't say I say him. It's I say to him. Gli dico. I say to him, ye, instead of lo, or le, instead of la. Oh, my God. I can't even. I'm getting confused. (laughs) You know, whatever the equivalent of this is in
0: Spanish is when I dropped out of Spanish in high school. Yeah.
1: It's, I think it's, I think it's like that for a lot of people. Because I remember when I was studying Italian years before I moved here, and I just, I feel like I got to that point. And it's the same exact thing exists in French, too. And I'm like, I got to that point. And I'm like, I just... It's too much for my brain. My brain can't handle it. And and I think it's one of those things where either you're incredibly brilliant and you can learn it or B, you just, you have to say it so often and you do make a mistake and you mistake a mistake and lo- some nice person corrects you in a nice way enough times that you finally get it and it just becomes habit. And that's the, that's really the only way I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, can we please go back to when I'm just going strawberry black, uh, you know, <laughs> door washing machine.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because my Girl, father-in-law, yes. my father-in-law has been on this decades long quest to learn to speak English. When I had more time and was a little bit more eager to please, he asked me, will you give me like private English lessons? And like, so I would sit down with him on Sundays. This is before I was married, you know, and I would try to help him out, but it was just, it was so painful. I, I couldn't do it anymore. And I stopped and I, and I kind of feel guilty because, you know, he has this desire to learn English and I just, you know, I'm not helping him. Whereas you'd think, you know, oh, you've got an American daughter-in-law. We'll just speak English with her. You know um, we joke around because the very, pretty much the first English words that he ever learned. He asked me what, you know, how to say cantaloupe because we were eating it and I taught him cantaloupe and green beans. And so we always joke about like that. Like it's been 20 years, not, not maybe 12 years. And that's all he knows how to say. <laughs> yeah. And he's just now decided because he wants to go back to America but he knows that if he goes, he's not going to have anyone with him who's going to be able to speak English. Because last time he went with his wife, they they took their teenage daughter who spoke English pretty well. But she's not going to go with him again. You know, she's in her 20s now. She's not interested in traveling with her parents. And so he's like, I got to like be able to at least get by in the airport, you know? So he's enrolled himself in English classes, but he's like going full out. He's, he's taking private English classes because he's like, I don't, I'm not going to learn anything in a course. I've got to have a private lesson. So now he's asking me all the time, all these questions. And it's so hard for me because, you know, the older you are, when you learn a language, the harder it is for your mind to switch and to be like, okay, I'm speaking, you know, I'm just going to forget all the rules of my own language and just be open to the new rules. This is why kids are so good at learning languages is because they don't have this this thing holding them back Mm because everything's new for them everything he tries to translate literally and using the word literally
0: literally like he's literally trying to translate word for word what it means he's trying to translate it word for word and it just doesn't work well can you give Mm -hmm. us an example of like what he
1: would how he would translate
0: a sentence for instance
1: he showed me this text message that, you know, on his phone that he had sent to his teacher. And I'm like, oh my God, poor teacher. I wonder how often he writes to her. And he'd said, I saw this written on the TV, No Way Home. I think it might be the name of a movie. What does it mean? Because he, you know, in his mind, he's like, no, I know what no means. It means no. And I know what way means. It means like, and he said the Italian word for like path or street, you know, and then home, I know it means casa. So I just don't, but I don't understand like, no strada casa like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> and she wrote back to him it's the name of a movie and it means non c'è ritorno a casa there is no return to home he's like but i don't understand because that's a lot more words in italian than that i'm seeing here in english he's like it just doesn't line up to me and of course he you know he understands that there are you know he Idiomatic expressions. And so I said, you know, in English, when you say home, it really means to home. Like I'm going home. But what you mean is I'm going to my home. So, you know, already there, you've got like a word left out. And then there's, you know, it's a title of a movie, right? So it's not necessarily going to be a full sentence. There is no way home. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no return home. So it's just, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, he always says, I going, I going to the store. And I said, no, 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 you have to say, I. Am going. And he's like, "My io sono? He's like, io sono going? That doesn't make any sense. I'm not, it's not that I am. And I'm like, but it's like sto andando in Italian would be sto andando. But they have two different verbs that mean I am,
0: Mm.
1: you know, or that mean to be. Stare and essere. And stare is the one that is used with the, like, you know, the ing words. And so he's like, oh, okay. You know, so it's just... (laughs) it's just, it's just challenge. It's a challenge. I think learning language is a challenge at any age, but for a person in their late sixties, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, that's an interesting complication with it being a movie title, because it just got me thinking about like time you would run into anything artistic, how hard right. it would be to understand. Like I was just thinking about it, the title of a book by an author named Venda Vida. She wrote a book where the title is We Run the Tides. We run yeah, the time. doesn't make any it's <laughs> beautifully poetic. If you are an English speaker, it's an intriguing title. It also sort of gives you the tone of the of the book, maybe. Like it's got a little bit of arrogance to it. But all of that would be completely lost if you were just looking at this book and trying to figure out what those individual words meant. And then even if you had to try to explain it, you still couldn't explain what it meant because it could mean so many things, because it's meant as an intriguing title we run the tides Mm -hmm. could be about anything
1: well also think about grapes of wrath right because because he read it's one of my father-in-law's favorite books in of course he's read it in the italian translation and i believe in the italian translation it's just called ira which means wrath I, i believe correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that and You know, he said, "What is it called in English?" You know, and like anger, (laughs) I can't remember. And and I said, "No, it's it's called grapes of wrath." And he's like, "What is grapes?" And I said, "Like uva," you know. (laughs) And he's like, "What? (laughs) I don't understand what that." And I'm like, "I don't either. Like, I don't know what that means. Grapes of wrath. Like, uh, what does that mean?" Mm -hmm. And it's so true for anything poetic. And I and I always have to explain to him, like, okay, you know, like he'll listen to music. And he'll, he'll hear something and I'll be like, but I was taught that in English, you put the adjective before the noun, but you know, in poetry, you can put it after, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, so yes, poetry, movie titles. And also when we were talking about this, we were talking about this tonight and I said, okay, you know, when there's a film you have to, you know, you translate the film, you, you have it a foreign version of the same film made a lot of times they don't translate the title the film literally mm. and I said for example and this is one of my favorite examples of a film title seven year itch have you ever I don't know, have ever seen seven year itch uh, yeah. one of my favorite childhood movies mm. um and I said to him I said you know prurito di sette anni you know I said this to him which would be the literal translation of seven year itch and he's like looking at me a little bit confused you know and I said in Italian it's la moglie va in vacanza or quan, it's either quando la moglie va in vacanza or just la moglie va in vacanza which means the wife goes on holiday the wife goes on vacation oh wow um, <laughs> you know and he and it clicked for him and he's like yeah you're right because they say after and there's no expression a seven-year itch there's no expression for that in italian but he got it he's like oh you know after seven years of marriage you start to uh you start to look around mm-hmm. at other women, you know, and uh, and I can see, oh, in this case, it's the wife is on vacation. Okay, like, oh, I got it. And like this
0: clicked in his mind. Hmm. It's so interesting. Yeah, Derek and I just got done watching a show, well, not just, but, you know, watching a show on Netflix that was a Spanish show in the English, like with the, it's still in Spanish, but with English subtitles, uh, here they market it as Money Heist is the name of the show. Mm which is pretty basic. You're like, well, I guess it's going to be about a heist and money. Yeah. But the on the title card, when it tells you what the title is, in Spanish, it's called The House of Paper. We were guessing that the reason why they wouldn't have translated that, you know, why they went with money heist instead of that, was probably that The House of Paper is a, a pun on a couple levels. Because one, they're robbing a place where, money is printed right so it would be literally the house of paper but also you know maybe it's something like the house of cards like that same thing that we have you know Mm -hmm. and of course in in english we already have a show called the house of cards so they can't translate it that way and so why they went with just generic old money heist to let us know that it was an action type show (laughs) i'll never know but it is
1: worth watching I would love to like listen in on the meeting where they're deciding the new name of, of the movie or of the TV show.
0: Uh-huh. Because
1: I feel like that that happens a lot. And sometimes they get it pretty well. They get it that do it pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes, mm-hmm. like I don't think the, you know, La Mollevan Vacanza is terrible as a translation for the seven year itch. But the Queen's Gambit, you know what they call it in Italian? Mm-hmm. La Regina dei Scacchi, the Queen of Chess, mm-hmm. which is just so not as good
0: yeah it's a little bit because more the on queen's- the
1: nose yeah it's too on the nose exactly yeah because you know the queen's gambit is a move that she plays yeah uh yeah and i think so often they they don't get it right i don't know if you have ever seen the holiday
0: Mm-mm.
1: it's a rom-com it's really cheesy it's with like um cameron diaz and jude law and it's about these two women who at Christmas, they're both like in these miserable, romantic situations. And at Christmas time, they decide to like do like house swapping. Like they don't know each other, but they just they, they do whatever you call that when you swap houses, mm-hmm. but they swap everything like they swap cars and they meet each other's friends and they fall in love with each other. Like anyway, to be honest, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but it's adorable and I love it. But <laughs> the, the translation in uh, Italian is l'amore non va in vacanza. Love doesn't go on holiday or mm. love doesn't go on vacation. Mm. So, yeah, you think, I guess just wouldn't be enough. La vacanza, the holiday, just not quite telling enough. I mm. feel like in Italian, they really do have to tell you what it is. Like, especially if it's an American movie, like they're really going to make it clear, like money heist, you know? <laughs> yeah. Jaws. Uh-huh. Lo squalo, The shark. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> ah, this is the one I was thinking of. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I mean, gotta be one of the best movie titles ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know how they translated it? Mm-hmm.
0: Do you want me to guess?
1: Oh, sure, if you want.
0: Is it more on the nose than that? I mean, it's obviously. It's so that's... on the nose. Okay. It's Eternal so on the nose. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. The good mind is always happy.
1: and that's good. But this is even worse. Se mi lasci, ti cancello. If you leave me, I will erase you.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: it's awful, right?
0: It's very vindictive, but it's intriguing in its own manner. That's that's certain.
1: Yeah. And um, Home Alone, which we watched over and over and over again this Christmas. Mm. Mama, oh perso <laughs> mom, I missed the I mom. I missed the airplane. <laughs> right. It just doesn't it just doesn't have the same ring. No. Oh, here's one of the worst. I think one of the worst ever is gone with um uh, not gone with the wind that is translated literally via col vento um it's the sound of music mm. tutti insieme appassionatamente all together passionately all together. like i mean
0: <laughs> wow
1: i have no i have no idea where they came up with that i just
0: so an interesting experiment for you would be to have to to just choose movies based on their italian title
1: and, yeah, and not right? know
0: and try to like guess what it, must be before you start watching and then
1: (laughs) i know what we should do i know what we should do i should name a title in italian and if you need help translating i'll translate
0: i and you have to guess what movie it is okay
1: okay all right and i promise you these are these are movies that you know okay okay let's just do a couple
0: and then we'll continue on a bonus episode for this month
1: yes una pazza giornata di vacanza a crazy vacation day
0: um let's see national lampoon's european vacation
1: but remember it's giornata una pazza giornata a crazy vacation day one day
0: hmm. okay but i'm trying to think of a movie where it's just a one day vacation a crazy vacation day is everybody screaming at the top of their lungs right now what would be a, cra- a movie yeah, about a everyone crazy is screaming vacation everybody day? listening knows everyone knows is this a newer movie or an old one?
1: No, no. This is no, very no, old.
0: Roman Holiday. <laughs> no,
1: know. it's not that old. It's okay. our it's our generation. It's our childhood.
0: Um, I don't know. Nothing's coming to mind.
1: Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. A crazy vacation day. I guess I don't think of that as a vacation day because, you know, he's just skipping school. It's from school. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give me one more.
1: All right. You might get this one you might okay latimo fuggente which literally means the fleeing moment
0: mm, the fleeing moment they're also obscure they're like on the nose and also generic um the fleeing moment okay give me like a an era uh
1: that's our childhood again The fleeing moment
0: okay give me a like genre
1: Oh, what would would this genre even be? Uh, I mean, drama,
0: I guess. Drama. Okay. Would you say we were children or teenagers when this came out? Children. Okay. The fleeing moment.
1: Or it could be the fleeting moment that could also work. Like a moment that's disappearing, that you can't catch, that you want to catch. A moment that you want to try to catch.
0: Who's one of the stars in it?
1: If I tell you the star, you're going to know.
0: Okay. That's okay with me.
1: Robin Williams,
0: Robin Williams, the fleeting moment. Carpe diem,
1: the Dead Poets Society. Katie, come okay, on. Okay,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. I could, I could gather you, picture Rose- in Good morning, Vietnam, and I'm like, that can't be. Gather it. you, rosebuds <laughs> while you may. Oh, uh, that's lovely. Well, maybe we can continue this, like I said, on a bonus episode. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. which of that'd course be fun. are available to people who are regular donors to the show. Two bonus episodes a mm-hmm. month over through Patreon for as little as $5 a month or people who make recurring or large donations at PayPal, you get access to that as well. Links to donate in the show notes. I'm going to give you one more of these... Contronyms. Contronyms, yes. Which do you want to know? Do you want to know Apology or do you want to know Fast or Peer?
1: Well, let me think about Apology because Apology can mean, you know, asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But apology can also mean when you're defending something. You know, they call people apologists when they are trying to explain and defend a belief system.
0: That's exactly right. A statement of contrition for an action or a defensive one. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's
1: cool. Uh, fast. peer Okay, sorry, fast. Let me think. Fast can be obviously going quickly. But Mm -hmm. fast can also like when you hold fast onto something, you hold it tight to you.
0: Right. Is that right? Yeah. So it either means quick or stuck or made stable.
1: Right. Okay. I want to try to get this last one too. Peer, you said P-E-E-R?
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Peer. Well, obviously, peer can mean a lot of things. Peer can mean to look carefully. Peer can mean obviously someone who's like your contemporary or your colleague Um, but I don't see how those are not, those are not negatives, obviously. Peer. I don't get that one.
0: I don't think I would have gotten that one either. It's a person who is an equal, your peer. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. a person of the nobility ah, oh, that's right.
1: A peer of the nobility. That's right. Mm-hmm. Someone who's elite. Yes. Oh. But I like your
0: adding of that to peer as in to look, <laughs> that there's a whole other level of this conversation that we could get into because now we're talking <laughs> about people versus action. Oh, my gosh. People who are learning English as a second language, your heads did not literally just explode, but they might have just uh, exploded a little bit there.
1: Yeah. There are so many words I feel in English that you know, beyond the contronyms that we've been talking about, but just words that, yeah, that mean, that even are spelled alike, sound alike, and mm. pronounced alike, and um, mean totally different things. Some can be a verb, some can be a noun.
0: Mm. And I said to
1: someone once, I said, oh, in, Eng- in Italian, that doesn't exist. And I was corrected immediately. And there's a word called pesca, which can mean peach, and it can also mean like the act of fishing. So... Mm. I I stand corrected. And I'm sure there are others in Italian, but I don't think there are as many.
0: Very interesting. Well, we're going to leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. You could sponsor this show and reach educated, curious, and compassionate listeners all over the world. Our listeners are a remarkable, diverse, and engaged group of people that I am so continually impressed by. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to get the conversation started.